The controversy surrounding the new and now hit movie, Peter Rabbit. So several advocacy groups are slamming the film for making light of allergies. So there's one scene where Peter Rabbit and his pals attack a man with blackberries, knowing he's allergic to them, and the character is forced to use an EpiPen on himself. Yes, one group, the Kids with Food Allergies Foundation, released a statement on Friday saying, KFA believes that food allergy jokes are harmful to our community. Making light of this condition hurts our members because it encourages the public not to take the risk of allergic reactions seriously, and this cavalier attitude may make them act in ways that could put an allergic person in danger. Seattle, Washington, South Lake Union Studio 212, part of the Soundcasting Network. This is episode 95. Best year in hip hop. This is Grill. How much longer on that steak, Mr. Sir? Well, in the spirit of the. This quiet kitchen, you need to sign language that back to me. 95 seconds. Thank you. Stop banging the plates around. I am your host, Bobby Stills. Across from me is uh, Johnny Tsunami. We're more than across. We're like distant lovers right now. Yeah, I'll tell you who's not in studio today. The producer who's dropping a deucer? Producer I think he's dropping a Queef Boogie, a.k.a. the Risotto Kid, <laughs> slash... You know, I told him he. I fired him from his own company. You know that, that over this weekend, right? <laughs> oh, because of that comment about MF Doom. Yes, this Bro. dude said, "Do I get my hip hop card revoked?" He gets I, his life revoked. Dude, I was like, "You cannot talk with a man in the mask like that." Victor Vaughn. He says he doesn't like MF Doom. We have a guest in the studio. Would like to <laughs> introduce yourself, please, sir. Hey, my name's Joe Bailey. 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 What's hey, up? Bailey. Hey, Bailey. Hey, Bailey. Um, we used to work with Joe at uh, the Dershane Group. Mm-hmm. He, fellas. He, what, was, what was your title up there? I was when you the, first came back. The you, Roving Sioux Chef. Roving Sioux. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sue Nomad. We called him Big, Big Roving Sioux. <laughs> a big boy named Sue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was kind of a, that was, that's such a weird concept of a job, though. Like... And yeah. then if you look at like <laughs> the way they did it, they paid people differently. So like I would make like three hundred and fourteen dollars from one restaurant every week and then like two hundred and five dollars from the restaurant. <laughs> oh, because would, depending on which restaurant you're working yeah, at. Yeah. So yeah, it was weird. It was so weird. And my taxes were all messed up. That's so, fucked yeah, up. Whatever. Well, how many oh, different sure. W how many different W W2s did you get? Three. Uh, that sucks that you have to do three different W2s for one company. Exactly. Whereas in anybody at the main office wouldn't. But yeah. whatever. Who cares? It's, <laughs> it's what you learn not to do when you have, when you're in that same position. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we will get to Joe in a second. Uh, Johnny, yes. uh, what's going on with you? Not much. Um, just doing a lot of soul searching. And no, uh, works good. It's getting super busy. Crush. They did the record again on Saturday for 225 or something like that. Um, I'm moving back to nights during the week. Whoop whoop. Yeah, putting your boy back in the in the game. I'm off the bench. How does your lady and your uh, child feel about that? Uh, it's gonna be a little difficult, but you know, sometimes you make sacrifices for the family. Better tips, you know. Um, and uh, 
more more ability to show what I'm actually doing. I feel like I'm not being like utilized correctly. Yeah, not being utilized correctly, not necessarily, but more like I am doing a lot. And They've been putting Johnny in the dish pit lately. No, I mean everybody goes. <laughs> everybody has a dish pit shift. Yeah, but we, you more than other people, right? No, actually, there was one guy who was in the dish pit for like a week straight. Damn. Yeah. We what did like, you do wrong? Sending he a, didn't do anything. He was, he was one of the newer guys, so it was just like he hadn't learned the station that he was supposed to move into yet. So he kind of just got stuck in that limbo week. Well, do you know? Do you know that he doesn't? Eduardo Jordan doesn't. We don't hire, hire dishwashers anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, we have a 15 year old dishwasher that comes in on the weekends and yeah. like for a couple hours a week, and then we have one dishwasher that comes in. Um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for the dinner, and that's it's a it. good. It's a good idea. Yeah, I think it. I think if you can make things work, like we make it work, because the teenage kid comes in from five to seven, and then the person who is like, it's usually a line cook who's in the pit that night, um, will jump off and do prep for two hours. Right, and so you like bust out a bunch of shit, and then you go back in the dish pit, and then usually you're out earlier than if any of the other dishwashers were there anyway, because we usually help them out and. We're there until like eleven thirty, unlike when we're there. Team mentality, yeah, man. Well, exactly. And then when we're there, it's like, oh, we're out at ten twenty. Why are we out so early? We're like, yeah. God damn it, our dishwashers suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything's going well, but I also wanted to give a shout out to uh, Fub Box Up Shop. I told them that I would say they are heavy listeners of the show. They've been listening since the Echo what Hawk, up Echo Hawk Echo Hawk days. Hawk days that kitchen. Uh, yeah, yeah, kitchen. Um. And the front of house too. Front of the house. Yes. They like us. They like us. He, I, I was <laughs> like, he's like, hey, how you doing? Because I was with my buddy Elmer, Senior Elmer Dula. Senior Dula. Um, and he was just like, oh, I recognize your voice. I recognize hey, it. I listen to your show. That's weird. I've got called out for my voice too. Yeah. Which you know, I know I sound sexy with my bass voice. <laughs> anyway, how you been? Uh, I'm all right. Like I told you last week, I was talking about how I've been trying to diet and work out and stuff like that. It went good until I uh, had something to drink on. Uh, Sunday, you slipped. Not, I didn't slip. I knew what I was doing. But <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened is, is that uh, in result of me drinking, uh, I started eating bad again, just for one day. And it's amazing how different you feel yeah. when you're not eating clean. When you start to eat like heavy oils, butter, and <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, so that's about it at work. I'm very sad. Like I told you, I got my homie. Uh, do you know Chris Ham? Anybody? No. Anybody? I feel like he, that sounds familiar. He was a chef at Maono, uh, but he has moved into New Orleans. I'm going to have him on the show next week before he goes. He's asked to come on the show before, but, you know, whatever. He's been there, so I've been, like, kind of just chilling, going to their hand and managerial shit, getting stuff in order, getting my ordering down. I've been prepping a lot lately. So I think when he takes off, I'm going to try to just maybe hire somebody for, like, two nights. That's, that's all I need. So if anybody listens to this show and wants a job working with me two nights out of the week, it's, uh, you know, nine-hour shifts. Um, I pay pretty well. I'm kind of an asshole, but uh, you can reach out. Large. To <laughs> large. A little bit of an asshole. Large. Gate. Large Depending person. on which fats he's been eating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hit us up at Grill How Long Steak Mister. Send me a resume. Whatever. Hit attention. Bobby Stills. Resume. Resume. Uh, CV. Yeah. Now Ooh, on to now on to our guests. <laughs> All right, Joe. Yeah. So the reason why I liked Joe is because uh, he was a chef. He was our roving chef. Chef. He was our roving chef. It's past tense. He came. <laughs> yeah. I got chef to do. He came in. He handled his business right. Uh, Put up with other people's shitty fucking attitudes. I remember, <laughs> I remember people throwing him hella shade. Like, who the fuck is this dude? I don't even know what that term means, but yeah. There were some people yeah. that were not treating you very nicely when you first I don't remember there. faces, but I remember that... Well, it. I will say that, like, you come into a, a, an environment where you're the new person, 
and you have some a title, I, a title, and then some people who are very entitled to their positions. Yeah. But I, I don't really remember a whole lot of stuff because. Well, also, I you, remember you having a very direct. Um, East Coast man. Yeah, exactly. And East that's Coast. what I told everybody. I thought he everybody was, was like, I thought he was, was funny like, as What's hell. up with Joe? He's just like so blah, blah, blah. I was like, man, he's just been cooking on the East Coast, man. They just get in your face. It's just like, New York, man. Yeah, it's just like, sorry. It's, it's not even by getting in someone's face. It's just being direct with somebody. <laughs> yeah. And that's like straightforward. There's oh, yeah. such a, a difference between like cooking and the, and especially in New York, but cooking on the East Coast and dealing with East Coast attitudes and then coming to Seattle where people want to like, handle others or used to being handled with kid gloves. Yeah. And it's like, one, it's a restaurant industry. And, and as that is changing under our very feet, like you can't do certain things anymore. And I'm totally for that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you're used to like, just, Hey, is this, is this done or is this not? Uh, Well, what do you mean by that? Yeah. What do I mean by that? Which one is it? Yeah. Just be just yes or no, man. Just yes or no. (laughs) That's how it is. And, and for some reason that, didn't jab. I don't know. Oh, no, man. That's what happened. But the best thing about having that attitude is you just don't care. <laughs> I never had any issues with you. I know other people. Some no. people did. But I, I always thought, thought, I, I thought you were hilarious. Yeah, that's but. what I thought. I thought this dude's got a good attitude. He's always laughing. He's always joking around. He gets shit done. He doesn't make any extra work for us. He's actually helping us out. So It's I like funny because you guys were a pretty tight crew. Yeah, we were night. You came. Exactly. Were there, you were there. And I was day. like a swing. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's funny because. was a different. Uh, <laughs> I mean, shout out shout out that whole day crew up there. I mean, I still fucks with some of them. I mean, yeah, they're not bad people. It was just like you come in and they'd be like ready to murder your face. I will, like, I will say, though, like it's it's the first restaurant I've been at like that, you know, day crew people are like lifers. Oh, yeah. Lifers. And it's like, again, coming from like an East Coast background, it's like, well, I work days here because I can do I can do auditions at night or I sing in the opera oh, yeah. in the evening or I have a band and blah, blah, blah. And, you know. People just in this city, like people just work to be in restaurants, to be in food. And I love that. But it's also funny because it's like, what's your end? What's your end game? Yeah. 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 What is your end game? Because I think, you know, and, and there's there's something about being content working in a restaurant and, and and not being wanting to do anymore. Maybe you have a comfortable life where like, you know. Pulling down eighty bucks in tips after a fifty. The only people that I know like, the only people that I know that are content like that in this industry is usually bakers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They have their routine. They get up at three o'clock in the morning right. or whatever. They get their coffee. They go right. in. They work until about 11, 12, 1 in the afternoon. They get off work. They eat their lunch. They go home, watch television. Bakers don't have a rush, though. No, exactly. <laughs> they get to take like, their time. They pay. They listen to music. They, you know, it's that. that's just their life. They I enjoy gotta it. these croissants and let them proof for the well, next five hours. They, those bakers should come work at June Baby because they have rushes. Bakers do? Yeah, all of a sudden. Bakers are pastry. I guess pastry. All right. Like, because, like, over the overnight baker is, like, the most hippy-dippy, like, <laughs> I can smoke weed all day. All, I, yeah. I listen to, like, four different jam bands throughout my shift. I just to like, Sublime four exactly. times in a row. Check out this new Almond Brothers mixtape, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joe. I yeah. never thought I would ever hear that in all a right. <laughs> So let's, let's take it back. Let's take it back. First of all, where are you from? I'm originally actually from here. I was Seattle proper. I'm from I'm from the east side, so I I'm from Belgium. Improper man. Seattle. <laughs> I'm from, I'm, like I thought yeah, I smelled I, something. Yeah, it's, it's it's my it's my attitude. That's my, <laughs> my that's my Mercedes out front. No, I grew up on the east side. I'm um, I was born in Spokane, but I lived in the Philippines as a kid. Okay. Um, my mother's Filipino. We moved back and forth a couple times, 
And um, what part of the Philippines? We were in Manila. What were you like? I think we were outside of Manila in Thrilla. Cubao. Yeah, Thrill Manila. You go. You can go see the mall. <laughs> it's called the Ali Mall. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I uh, I was raised in like a Filipino American family. Like didn't know any different. And uh, we moved out here to Bellevue in the '87. Did the high school and all that stuff, and went to college, and then. Dropped out of college and said I wanted to cook for a living. No, no, not a regular college. Not yeah, a co- yeah. Not a no, cooking no, I went school. to I went to Wazoo, man. Okay. I went to like yeah, I went to Wazoo and like did not like it. It's not that I didn't like it. I think I liked it too much. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny how this stuff shapes you. Like you grow up in the like vanilla suburbs of Bellevue, and and I didn't realize this till after. And someone asked me straight up, I was like, why'd you want to leave Seattle? And I was like, you mean Bellevue? I said, because I wanted to get a cup of coffee from a place that wasn't a Starbucks. I wanted to, like, walk around my neighborhood and, like, see things. And I didn't know that until I moved to New York because New York is such a... So you started, but you started cooking here in Seattle. I did. I worked a place that's still open. First job ever. First job ever. Cooking. Oh, no, no, no. Restaurant job. Yeah. Dishes. Cooking. Okay. So, uh, so I, restaurant I industry. worked my way up to cook. That's like how, I think Sunday afternoon, like Sunday afternoon, it's this place on the in Bellevue called Angelos. There's one in in, um, in Burien too. Yeah, Angelos. Angelos Ristorante on Ristorante. 130th in Bellevue. And then you stayed at Angelos, worked your way up, started cooking there. I was yeah, I cooked went through high school, so it was like you know. One day, two days a week. Okay. And I like do a cover a dish shift and then this and that. But I think washing dishes is a pretty important thing. So, yeah. Okay. So you were at Angelo's. Uh, what's the highest you got up to at Angelo's? Like how were you a line cook? No, nah, I was a cook. Yeah. Just a regular yeah, cook. Yeah. Just line cook. Yeah. Saute. Prep line. Prep and line. That was okay. it. Like. And then uh, did you go? Then what happened after Angelo's? I went to college. <laughs> Dad, I went to college. <laughs> Wazoo. Uh, I, w- I went to Wazoo and I joined a fraternity. That uh, shout shout that fraternity out. <laughs> Dude, I don't really want to. <laughs> Bro- broke five broke, broke 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 five broke. <laughs> no man, I joined a fraternity because you know, well, it's it was an it was an interesting idea to do when you're 18. Um, but what was really cool is that um, they didn't have a house cook, and so I w- I finagled my way and was like, I can cook some food, and I got free rent. So I was cooking through college, making making like for your brothers. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But I did not know how to cook like that back then. I mean, it's it, that job would be super easy now. But <laughs> it was funny because I just I had no idea about like the skills of like ordering and like product utilization. And you know, this was this was like in, industrial food where it's like everything is bought IQ after pre frozen. So you know, oh, got to thaw everything and just put it on a sheet pan and let it sit in the freaking speed rack for like, and then I'm going to go to class, peace out, and then come back like four hours later and like, oh, great, my meat's thawed. <laughs> You're like, that's probably not the best thing to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think any of those guys died, but <laughs> no, I mean, it was, it was fun. It was, it was making a lot of like fajitas and like. Just bro food. It was total bro food. Like. Yeah. It would be like the David Chang. <laughs> he always, Johnny always Gosh. constantly shitting on J- J- David Chang. Yo, I know, some raw around the noodles. Yeah, I'm like, man. dude, this dude is fucking grime. Yeah, he does his thing though. I got some, I got some David Chang experience. If you ever want to talk about it, okay, for sure. He's well, a funny dude. we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. that. We're not there yet. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So after I was like, peace, Pullman, and I left Wazoo. I dropped out of college. 
That's and fine. what uh, year? Two thousand. No, I mean, how many years? Were you first year, second year? Second year. After my second year, after my sophomore year. Okay. And I had been going to Alaska, working at a, like a resort lodge for the summers. And someone told me, "Is like, hey man, I mean, you're not in college, like, you can cook, and you can take that skill anywhere. Why don't you just do that?" And I was like, "I don't know, man. I don't know." Thought about it, and I was like, "Okay, well." The company I worked for at the time had a fleet of these like small cruise ships and they had an opening and I was like, all right, I'll do that. The company you worked for in Alaska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was like lodge work. It was they had a lodge in the in the late nineties or two thousands, they had a lodge and they had like four of these like two hundred foot boats. And they would go up and around and like go to Mexico and all of a sudden I was like, Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to class in the fall, so let's see what I can do there. And so I worked for them for a little bit and then um I actually tried to get back and did the community college thing for that winter but then I was like no nah, I'm going and so I applied for another company that's that was on the east coast and of they cru- cruise ships yeah cruise ships I'm sorry yeah it was a small it was another uh, small cruise line company and uh, they're like we need somebody now because it's kind of that in, I mean in our industry like we're ready to leave any food you got like anything in food like if there's someone go sick or whatever like they you're, need replacement. You're on the fucked. Fly. Yeah. yeah, you're fucked. Like no one's gonna cook food for this whole cruise line. Like no way. Like <laughs> so they put me on a plane and they flew me to Belize. Oh what? And I picked up this boat in Belize. It was it was this weird kind of like <laughs> it's it was like very some narco shit. It was kind of weird, yeah, because it's like it's like they're like, do you have a passport? And I was like, yeah, actually, I do have a passport. And they're like, great. Where are you? Can you be there on Tuesday? And I was like, okay, Tuesday. Sure. That's crazy. It's like Friday afternoon. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I guess I got some bags to pack. I, I had a friend that offered me a job to go cooking with him in Antarctica. I did for that. For like all the scientists and stuff. I did that. And he was like, I was like, yeah, that sounds interesting. He's like, well, we have to leave like in four days. Yeah. And I was like, no. What is it like cooking for people in Antarctica? Well, we're not there. We're not there. We'll, we'll, we'll we're not that. there. Yeah. I can't, you can <laughs> offer that job. That's a, It's a fun yeah. job, man. That's if what you, they said. I mean, if you ever need to take a time out and just be like, I just want to. And they said you work for like six months, and then a lot of people that cook up there, they work for six months, and they take off like three months and go do something yeah, else. Yeah, you're on a contract. Yeah. That's like the contract work that's yeah. always fun. And well, we'll tell you, it's a, it's a fascinating experience. I mean, it's, man, yeah, you get to see some shit. I've heard. It's like, it, but it's like a melting pot up there of all it's sorts of different people all over the world, and you're cooking with many different cuisines and cooks from all over the world, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so I ended up working on this boat in Belize in the Caribbean, which in the winter, if you ever get a chance, it's amazing, and you get to do, I mean... It, this was the job that you know, I never thought I could work like 14, 15 hour days, seven days a week. But once it's your daily routine, it's easy. Plus, you're stuck on a boat. There's nothing you can do. So what do you do? You take, you take a break and you go snorkeling for like, like, hey, man, I saw a bunch of tuna down in the water. And like, great. Awesome. When spring gets spear gun. And so you get like it's that kind of boat life thing. And um, I did that for years. I did it for different companies. So I'd work different contracts. So you'd work. You'd get an agreement to work six months here, and then you'd go take three months off and go to Venezuela and backpack or something. So that was my 20s, and I did that for like seven years. Jeez. So and, and, and I should fun. say it wasn't just like boat jobs. It was like I did that. I did the Antarctica gig. And so you got, you know, you, you kind of hear through this kind of nomadic pile of like <laughs> cooks and like people's like, no, no, my buddy works at a ski resort. 
in outside of Reno like three hours. He's like, and then and then he goes down to freaking Fiji and and works for six months at some like wealthy Australians resort, and then he takes a month off and then does it again. And you you just like hear these people, you meet people. Sounds like my friends who that festival life. They were it's, it's exactly like that. It's exactly except this is like food based. And, yeah. And um, the it's funny like thing is like. Something like that. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, in anything in life, you're kind of committing to stuff. These jobs are almost like, no, I'm not committing to life. I don't want to get an apartment. I don't have a dog. I don't have a car payment. I don't have a girlfriend. Like, I'm just going to go F off for eight months and go cook in some resort or cook on a boat or cook on a yacht or whatever. And um, it's fun. It's fun when you don't want to be an adult. <laughs> yeah, but see, not everybody can do that. You have the type of personality where that works for you. You're a friendly kind of yeah, guy. You can hop yeah. in and, into any situation. Right. You can assimilate to that situation, and you can you play the well. You I play well with them. others. Yeah. The reason you can I you have to assimilate to things yeah. out of necessity because there are times like I picked up a yacht in British Columbia once, and it was like, hey, I need someone tomorrow, and I'm like, I'm not doing anything. Grab my bag, go get on this guy's private plane, fly up to Campbell River, get on a skiff, go to another town, get in a car, drive to another place. Get on another skiff, and then I'm on this boat. I don't know anybody, and it's this massive, like, 300-foot. It was a converted uh, f- uh, uh, gear. It took gear out to oil fields, so it had this giant back deck that had, like, all these, like— it had, it had like, a, uh, a sailboat on it, had a helicopter, had all this stuff. And I'm like, Jesus, who is this guy? And um, But anyway, you get in, and you're, like, literally, like, all right— they usually eat at six o'clock and it's three. So go throughout the fridge, see what you need and have at it. And you have to assimilate to like the crew, the captain, everybody. Cause if you don't, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be man, you're gonna be, you're gonna be man overboard. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be crab bait. But um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, you, you, you really have to learn how to be fluid with people and with product too. Yeah. Like it's a skill that you kind of have to, dis- you have to learn how to use. Um, yeah. So I loved being on boats, but um, there's a certain point where you're like, everything must come to an end. Yeah. I mean, it's, I saw the 58 year old guys that do that. And I'm like, man, I don't want to be one of those guys because <laughs> there, there are guys that do that for years. And they're just like, like any community, like yacht community, like there are known commodities like, Hey, you know, that guy's a great chef. He's, he's great. So just hop from boat to boat. Yeah. And then he'll have a burnout, like coked out freaking weird episode <laughs> with like, you know, he's he great disappeared cook. in the jungle for a week. There's some, there's some amazing like yacht stories when you meet people. But, um, yeah. So after that, I just was like, well, if I'm going to do this for a living, I got to get a better education. Cause at that point I think my, I was so proud. I actually joke about this dish. I was like, it was a big into deconstructing. <laughs> Have you ever, oh yeah. You met somebody's like, no, no, check it out. It's a deconstructive. Uh, it's called laziness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm it's not a, going to assemble this dish. <laughs> it's a deconstructed pea soup. Yeah. <laughs> the soup is in a shooter. <laughs> and I have a bunch of fresh peas. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I remember I did a dish that I was so proud of, and I think I was 25, and I was like, a deconstructed salmon chowder. And it was like a, you know, like a griddled, uh, nice slice of potato with bacon lardon and like fish broth velouté and all this stuff. And, Today, I look at them like, man, what I the was, fuck was I, I such a douche? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're still learning though, and you need somebody there to tell you, you know, that, that right, that's yeah. that sucks. Yeah, you know. Well, but, and I had I didn't have an environment for that because a boat, you're just the chef. You just yeah, yeah, you do that. So um, you, I mean, you automatically got. How did you get? You got thrown into being in charge of 
uh, the head chef on these yachts? Yeah, so, I mean, most of them are one or two man kitchens anyways. So you, so got, you start out as the assistant. You and a sous. Yeah. 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 So you're hired as a sewer, like the assistant or whatever. How many people are you cooking for at a time? Um, on the big ships, upwards of 100. Um, these are our big ships, not like Carnival Cruise Line ships. Yeah. Our, our biggest ship was like 102. Three meals a day? Three meals a day, plus cocktail hour. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's you're not given a ton of options, I'll tell you that. Like, you're just, you're cutting a lot of Cornish game hens in half, man, I'll tell uh, you that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, and then so then your guy, number one guy, needs to take a vacation, and then you end up. Step and, up. Yeah, step up. It's like, hey, buddy, you know how to do this. We've cut the Cornish game hens like three weeks in a row, man. You know how to do it. Okay, so fast forward to you wanted uh, to get out of the, the boat life. Yeah, so I, I immediately applied to culinary schools. I was like, I got to do something. You uh, that's that's where your brain went uh, automatically. Yeah, because well, I knew I wasn't like, dude. My highlight was deconstructed salmon chowder. <laughs> 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 that was my that, that was my go to. <laughs> I had to. I knew that's I had fun. to. It's, it's it's there's a point where you like you know a lot, but you know what you don't know. Or I'm sorry, you know that you don't know everything. Yeah. So, and that was it's humbling because you're like, oh. I, I deconstruct a salmon chowder, dude. I can do anything. Um, so yeah, I went to school. But anyway, yeah, I just you know, and and you know, how old are how old are you at this point? Twenty six. Okay. So, and so I'm not. Yeah, the, I'm I mean, not at twenty six, f- you don't want to do like four years, right? No, I didn't anyway. want to do two. No. I mean, because if you go to CIA, it's two year commitment. Yeah. But um, the one thing I in, in hindsight is that the school did for me not like how to cut onions and how to like turn fucking potatoes it wasn't that it was going to new york like living and being in new york was huge so that, you, that was the biggest thing how did you survive in new york going to school you lived in dorms nothing no i have so i had sit, i had family that lived there but um i had uh yeah the dorm thing was messed up because you could get a dorm but it was super expensive it was like paying like 1400 a month to live with another person in a dorm and i was like no no so i got an apartment i mean everybody Thing about New York, man, you could show up with twenty bucks and some you'll you'll get you'll get a job within a week if you really want one and you'll You were going to school and working. Yeah, but I also borrowed money. Remember, let's let's go back to that loan. Like the school was thirty thousand. Okay. I borrowed forty. So, <laughs> so yeah, I had so I had a buffer of money to like help me because I knew I needed it. I mean, school's great. It gets you opportunities open up there. Like the level of chefs that are there. It's, and, and the way that New York does things is just different. It's just, I don't know. It's just different. So I'm assuming that you're working, you, the job you got was in the culinary industry in New York, correct? Yeah. And what was your position? Where was it at? Well, during school. During school. Yeah, I was. Uh, I worked for a catering company. Um, I was just another like catering cook. But catering in New York is a shit ton of money. It's like high level too. I imagine you're not making like little shitty food, right? You're making the like little it was funny because this woman appetizers. Ran, yeah, this woman ran cocktail a, snacks. She ran a boutique. They call them boutique, which means small. <laughs> she ran a boutique <laughs> catering company, which means like, AKA. yeah, but she, she wasn't the foodie person. She was the <clears throat> networking person and she was really good at that. Like she knew a ton of like Wealthy people. I, I I worked for a friend here for a little bit who owned a um, like used to throw parties here in Seattle, yeah. and she would hire me to help out, and she would pay me fucking bank. So I could right. only imagine what she was making. Right, for doing re- really nothing. We networking. 
I remember, so there was, there was an agreement like with my pay. So I, for some reason, as a student was making $20 an hour in Manhattan working prep shifts. Right. And then if I worked on site, I made 30 an hour. And if I drove to that, I made an extra $50. If I drove my vehicle, I made an extra $50 cash. So like there were, we would do weekends in the Hamptons and I would walk out like with three days of work with like $900 paycheck. And I'm like, all right, sweet. Like I could do that. And this so is that, all while you're in school. All while I'm in so school. So how many hours a day are you going to classes and stuff? I mean, uh, I, I, I myself have never had the privilege of going to a, six, uh, six class, six hours of class a day. But our classes were a little, they ran a little later. So I did the night program, which was, is, was beneficial because I don't know. I just liked being able to go to school at night. I don't know. So you worked during the day? I worked during the day. I could work those like prep shifts and whatever. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it's one of the few schools that's like a for profit, but it's still around because they're, it's a reputable education. It's, it's, I'm not saying, I would never say anything bad about, my school because they promised they delivered on everything they promised. So um, made you the man you are today. Yeah, yeah. But you, I mean, it's just, no more deconstructed uh, salmon chowder for I've this been guy. Deconstructed a thing since. <laughs> um, no, it's just it's it's a lot about food and what I learned later in life by going to other countries and things. It's not about the classwork. It's not about this. It's about going out and eating. It's going. It's it's doing what Anthony Bourdain does. It's you know experiencing places and like eating food and like. <laughs> But you know, like the um, I was, you know, out of school trying to find work, whatever. And then the the housing crisis fell through. And I, and I explained this like it's funny because New York got hit the hardest and, and food and restaurants are such a trickle down economy. Like in New York, Wall Street dudes go out to eat three, four times a week. At like they go to Nobu three times a week, like dropping four hundred dollars for lunch. I've seen like, American Psycho. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so you don't. Like there's so much of like restaurant economies based off of people like that, or it was back then, and maybe it is a good portion of it now. But like when that money stopped, like there was this weird kind of thing where it was almost like a musical chairs of like sous chef positions. It's like, well, I'm a line cook here, so I'm waiting for that the sous to move on because he's gonna go with the old sous to open his place. Yeah. But then you know that shifting of chairs stopped when there was no money, and. Uh, you know those those fucking financing guys, those those like Wall Street dudes. They're the ones that are like, they were backing so many like pet project restaurants. It's like I make two million a year working for Deutsche Bank, and <laughs> and uh, you know yeah, I, I give a hundred grand to my to my my buddy and me and my three other friends. We just we gave him like you know seven fifty to open up his spot. And we get to go there, you know, and eat all free, the, and eat for free. clout, bring it's girls. Our, yeah, exactly. You're yeah. doing it to impress everybody. It's like, it's like having a Maserati. Whose dick is bigger. Exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this, that, and the other thing. And all that shit stopped. And so I had to work at, like, this prepared foods shop. I remember that. It was in Brooklyn. So Prepackaged? No, no. It's like, we made real butternut squash soup. You know, we really grilled our and then you And then you packaged it. You package it. You sell it by the pound. It's like, it's like what... Oh, Whole, Whole Foods does. Whole Foods does, does everything, okay. except it was a boutique. Yeah? Uh, it was a boutique, uh, it was a boutique uh, spot, small. right? Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> small. The, the one thing I took away from there is, like, I worked with so much more Jewish food because the guy was Jewish, and I was like, oh, wow, like, I know how to make a, I can make a latke. I can make a latke and some matzo ball soup and some a knish. Like, <laughs> that stuff's good. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's just starting to take, like, there's some places in, in Seattle are opening up. 
But there's like a Jewish deli, like that's lacking in the city, like a real good pastrami and stuff like I that. I hear you on that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I was like, I don't know what to do and blah, blah, blah. And my buddy sent me this email and it's like, dude, have you seen the show Chopped? And I, I, <laughs> I couldn't even afford cable, man. So I was like, no. And he's like, check it out. Go on YouTube. And I was like, all right. So I looked at him. I was like, all right. He's like, you, could, you should apply. You'd be great on this. And um, uh, I went on and I applied for for Chopped. And it was like, it wasn't like a screening of different people. It was like, what's your name? Like, and like drop down screens is like, I am a cook, chef, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I am a chef. And I was, I did go to school. Check. It's like, it was like filling out your unemployment for the week. <laughs> and, uh, dude, they called me back and I was like, they were like, well, well we found you really interesting. Cause you worked on boats and cruise ships and things. And I'd, I'd actually worked at that job in Antarctica, uh, for a point too. And, um, I had a funny story to tell. Like, that's the thing is TV is about having a story to tell. And I went on that show. This is early on, too. So it's season, season two. two. Season two. Do you want to tell that people what That was when Chopped was good. It was pretty good. I, I, I for, didn't watch Before it. they stopped putting the weird stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, it was like, right? here's jelly beans Dude, and gummy well, bears. Many, this is now when TV is like, you remember when we were kids, like Miami Vice was like, all right, fall fall season, like yeah. October, we're watching Miami Vice. And then you had to wait a whole nother year. Like, they don't do that anymore. Yeah. They put three, four seasons out in a year. Um, so, yeah, so Chopped... It's a full day of shooting. Where was it at? Where did they it's shoot It's in at? Long Island City. Okay. Like, so New like, York. Yes, yeah, New York. So um, there was, we all had to meet at, we met at. Um, you and the chefs? The other chefs? Yeah, yeah. We all had to take a van over from, uh, it was from from Union Square, because they were like, that's kind of the central part, and then you take a take a van over to Long Island City, and, and everyone was really nice. Um, there was the one dude on the show who had, he had a bald dude, and he was kind of a, he was from Jersey. If that, that says it right there. He was, I mean, he was, I, I watched the episode. He was a Jersey bro. Shit's hilarious. Well, it's funny because you you don't you okay. Let's go through how they film an episode. Like, it's one thing that you take out of it. It's it's the TV world. It's not the food world. It's not a kitchen. It's not TV cameras in a it's kitchen. It's a set. It's a set. It's totally a set. And so everything's, you know, there's. A ch- there's the stew room and then there's like the facade of like the judging panels and stuff and all that stuff um, but you know it's legit it's it's absolutely legit among other among all the like competitive cooking shows it's the most legit like they don't lie to anybody on there so it takes so long to, f- to film that full episode especially if you're going through all if like me if you win you've been there all day like I was there I got up at five in the morning. I was on set at seven, and I was there till probably nine o'clock. So, how much? Uh, oh, you won! Do I you, won the show. Do yeah. you do you get paid if you don't win? No. So those those <laughs> those other three contestants that were on the show, they, they made get, they, they made zero zero dollars zero dollars. I actually didn't know I was gonna up. I was gonna win money. Because on the show, like, I didn't look at the web page of the show. I just did fill out the screen. They're like, yeah, yeah, And um, in the show, they're like, I, and I was like, have you guys ever watched the show? And they're like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Actually, the one dude who was eliminated in the first round did not, has never even seen the show. What did like, he not, what did he not finish that was part of the dish? He didn't finish anything. I know, he didn't but what, play anything. what was the ingredient that he was like, I didn't even, it wasn't, it was raw, t- shrimp. Oh, it was the shrimp, yeah. He didn't even have leave time to cook his shrimp. And yeah. so by the time he got his shrimp on, by the time it was to plate, 
the shrimp weren't even cooked, so he put raw shrimp on the plate. Yeah, I mean, but how long does it really take to cook they a shrimp? You, they yeah. give you an hour, right? <laughs> no, no, no. You get uh, if your appetizer, you get twenty minutes. Entree and dessert get thirty. Five minutes. Cook shrimp. Good. Yeah. <laughs> or like, just call it sashimi. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my crudo, man. Slice it's my crudo. Throw some citrus on that. Bitch. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, how hard is it? So you pretty much, you pretty much smoked almost every. You smoked everybody there. I would have. Well, I would have. I would have lost if that guy didn't play because that was my worst dish. Because it was shrimp and like spinach and raisins. And oh, the gold! But the golden raisins were part of the. Those all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was part of the. Yeah, the that was my worst I dish. Use. So I would have lost if it wasn't real. I gotta check that out. It's, it's pretty funny. funny. Dude, that that dude. That the best thing the about bald that headed guy. guy. No, no, no. The the guy who got in the first round. He's like, dude, I invented couscous sushi. I take sushi. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I replaced the rice with couscous. It's cous- <laughs> and he literally puts his hands in the air. He's like couscous sushi. So, t- so <laughs> tell tell our listeners uh, what season, what episode, what the name so of it is. So it's uh, season two, episode seven, six, six or, or seven. seven. Pods, Dropped. grills, and sticky fingers. Pod, grills, and sticky fingers. And it's uh, my Hulu that shit tonight. It's, it's on, on Hulu. It's on YouTube. Oh, it's on YouTube. I think you got paid yeah. two bucks. I I watched it on some other program. Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you can look it up. The pirate watch man. Joe. <laughs> so you uh, so you uh, won that. And what'd you do with your winnings? Um, I went to Spain. I moved to Spain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's funny because as I as I, I I won the money. Um, it doesn't come for like six months, but um. Uh, Ted Allen came up to me at the end. He's like, "Hey, you did really good." Like, uh, Ted Allen is legitimately an amazing person too because he, he is like- he he literally showed up to two places that I had worked at after I'd left, asking about me. Like that that boutique catering or not the boutique catering, the boutique uh, prepared food shop. Yeah, he came by and, and someone called me. He's like, "Dude, Ted Allen came by looking for you," and I was like. I'm in Spain, dude. <laughs> but uh, Talon's like, what are you going to do with the money? And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to move to Spain. And he's like, you're the first person to come on this show and actually do something with their money. Most people come on here, win 10 grand, like, I'm buying a motorcycle. I'm going to get a new Fucking guitar. idiots. I know. It's like, it's like, you have to think about, you know, what do you really want in life? So I, I, I moved to Spain, man. And I worked at a restaurant for free and ate pinchos every night and. I don't know, lived, lived the kind of like intern life, We're stage Spain. life. I moved to San Sebastian, so okay. it's Basque, Basque country. Uh, my sister was living in Barcelona at the time, so I'd go visit her. Oh, I've heard, you've told me pretty much all these stories. I'm sure I've told, I tell, yeah. tell stories to everybody. They're funny stories. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I mean, one thing about food is that every culture is reflected through what they eat, right? Um Seattleites are are proud of things like coffee and beer, and 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 seafood here, right? Um, you work at June, baby. Like that's reflective of Southern culture. Like Southern food is is ingrained in people from that area, mm-hmm. and that's one thing I wanted to research was like, <gasps> and just be around was like being around Spanish food and specifically like Basque food because Basques have a different kind of approach to things like. They had. They used to have these like under Franco. They used to have these like secretive cooking societies. It's like you couldn't speak Basque under Franco. Franco was the dictator from 1920 something to the 70s, and he was he was nationalist. So he, you got caught speaking Basque, they'd cut your tongue out. But um, so they'd have these like secret, you know, hey, we're Basque. Let's go have a, a party and not tell anybody about it, you know. And they would have these cooking clubs. Which were at that time were exclusively for men, but they they would you know just having a society that and a culture that would have these clubs to like 
who does that in Seattle? Like, imagine if the three of us, like, on a Thursday night and all of our cooking friends, like, effed off to a cabin in, like, Cedar Woolley. And we're like, hey, I got a, you know, I got a, a, a nice pork leg I've been smoked, I smoked, like, last week. And, and I got this and I got that. And we just, like, sit back and drink and, like. I'm pretty sure some of that goes on around here. Sometimes. You Not think really. so? Not I don't really. know. Not really. Like, Everyone's like, oh, I have Monday, Tuesday off. You want to yeah. go, go get food? And you're like, yeah, But that's yeah. the thing. Everyone's a slave to their job, yeah. right? And no one can yeah. free up that time. And I don't know. I mean, that would be that would be fascinating if it was like, oh, maybe we just started something. That, that'd be great. Let's do it. I'll like bring a, Harlem. We'll, just get, we'll, just get a, <laughs> we'll get a tiny No babies on, allowed. On, on no like, babies? No babies. You know he lit, though. <laughs> we, <laughs> co- we cooking him? No. no. I'll just rent a, I'll, I'll rent a tiny cabin or like a tiny house and roll it up to like Cal, <laughs> Cal Anderson Park. <laughs> we'll just say, we're like, I'm renting this space out yeah, for the evening. Yeah, sorry. I mean, it's, uh, it's really fun. I haven't really been hanging out with too many chefs lately. I've been a little bit too busy and I've just been trying to stay away from, you know, everybody overworked and yeah. they all unwind together and it's really hard to get together with other people in the industry. Well, unwinding too is 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 usually around like a lot of alcohol, a lot yeah. of food, a lot of bad so decisions. So I'm trying to stay yeah. away from that. But I really, really miss hanging out with a lot of uh, people that I used to cook with. You, you know, know, I started I started changing like, you know, I used to do all that and I don't do it anymore. I don't drink as much as I used to. I don't like go out. And I don't socialize. Like Honestly, having like a long-term relationship really, it's like, why am I going out? Like, am I going to meet somebody? Like, no. But um, a lot of my f- like post work stuff is a lot of outdoor stuff and a lot of mushroom. I see, I see, I see like, you out there. Yeah, I man. see you in the Cascades. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a it's a cool thing like getting out and like being part of like kind of I guess uh, the food system in the Northwest. Like going fishing, going clamming for razor clams on the coast, and like go mushroom foraging. Like in three months, we're gonna have the spring mushrooms come up and like. It's kind of cool. I just I always like finding food. Fucking nerd. You geek out, man. You geek out. I, <laughs> I see you on there. That Instagram feed. I see. Yeah. I see you on there. Um, so how long were you cooking in in Spain? Uh, six months. Six like months. my thing was six months. Um, all that stuff. But we were all interns. There and you're was working like, for free. I'm working for free. I'm pretty sure that shit's outlawed now over there. I don't know about there. It's kind of outlawed here. I guess. Oh, it's definitely outlawed here. Most definitely. Yeah. Here. But I, I heard they're trying to stop, stop it, stop it over, over there. I wouldn't be surprised. But like, so, I mean, it's funny cause I lived in, a, they gave you, they gave you an apartment. It's not yeah. that you're like, we're free. You're just, you're just not getting paid money. You're getting paid in food and, 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 and lodging room and board. Yeah. yeah. So they give you an apartment and you're in an apartment with like 12 other dudes. So it was funny because I, I, I was most of my guys were like most of the other interns were from Mexico and Peru and Colombia. And uh, I was telling them, like, well, you know, in America, like most guys that work the shitty jobs in the restaurant are Mexican dudes anyway. So I'm just, you know, they all live like 12 people in an apartment, too. So I feel like I'm kind of really learning like I'm in the, in, in the trenches. Yeah, in the trenches. I mean, yeah. And it's it's that whole place was all like. Uh, molecular gastronomy too so everything was done in a bag fucking sick everything was done in, do we I guess a, you're in the right place at the right time to learn that kind of stuff yeah it was you on know, the tail end of it it's like, not like you know you were over here and it's trickled down and you know yeah. you're, you're catching where people are just starting to get onto it like I mean even in Seattle that stuff's only been real popular for what f- three four years yeah I mean, every, everybody's kind of done it in a yeah. way but it's it's one of those techniques that's like if you learn how to apply it correctly, correctly in a in a proper kind of atmosphere, like then it's worth it. But like, 
Just, just, just to do get, it because you dude, know how to do it. Just because you sous vide salmon, like yeah. I can't believe how many people. If if people do that anymore, like, <laughs> man, just just grill it, man. That's funny. <laughs> All right, so you're cooking out of these fancy restaurants over in the Basque region. Yeah. And how long were you over there cooking for? Six months. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I couldn't stay any longer. I couldn't afford to stay any longer. Yeah. I mean, if you this, you know, we talk about like money and things, like so many. Interns that go over there are people of means, and I'm not. Yeah, we've and, t- we've talked about that issue on the right. show before. And the people like, who can afford to go stage in New York. Exactly. If you're if you're a chef who if you're if you're a culinary student who have parents that can pay or whoever can pay for the next like two three years for you to go to work for the best, you're going to learn the best stuff. You're yeah. going to be exposed to that stuff. Um, and that's just not the case for the average person. But luckily, the show got me enough money to f- to afford some time in it. Um, and I just, I couldn't stay in a locker and afford to stay in a locker, So I had to move back to, I moved back to New York. I didn't have to move back to New York, but I decided to move back to New York because I wanted to apply all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'd worked for, I tried, I had a friend who was working at Fatty Crab that wanted me to come over and like work with him. And I was like, Fatty Crab was like this in neat, this male, I think Malaysian restaurant by, it's kind of like one of these great stories. Zach Palaccio is this kind of like chubby Jewish guy I think or maybe it's, I don't know if he's Jewish but he, he, anyway he's a white guy he was like an Andy Ricker like white guy goes to Malaysia and learns Malaysian cuisine and brings it back and then opens a restaurant um, and it did really well cultural appropriation pretty much yeah <laughs> before it was popular before yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've been appropriating cultures way back when um, and he and I, I decided not to take it and I um I took a job at a restaurant called Boqueria, which is named after the market in Barcelona. And uh, it was just straight up tapas bar, tapas restaurant, and they killed it. What position were you? I was a sous. It was as hard as a sous, and I made it to senior sous, I guess, in my two years there. I mean, it wasn't a whole lot, but... That lead. um, But, man, it was... That's really where I learned the business. That's where you learn the ordering, the financing, the money, the, like... I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still learning all that stuff. Just gotta be in the environment, you know. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta learn. I was, I loved the style of food, um, of a like of a tapas place because it's so functional, and um, I love, you know, that's that's the forefront of like sh- shared plates, like small plates shared, like that's what. Well, they eat like ten. They eat like ten times over here. You know, yeah, yeah. The and I mean, they're eating siesta. all day. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it's. But you're not committing to like, like that whole thing of like, you know, uh, I'm having a steak with a baked potato and like veg du jour, like <laughs> was it steamed carrots and, and bell peppers again? <laughs> like I haven't seen that in years, and and that style of like Amer- that contemporary American yeah. cuisine of the '70s and '80s is is no one eats like that anymore. Um, it's nice to like try smaller things that maybe have different tastes, but you're not committing to like, well, I got to eat, you know, three pounds of cabbage or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just, I think the, the style of Americans eat is a lot lighter. It's becoming way more European and that's, that's what I like up. to do. So how now, uh, how long were you back in New York before you eventually moved back to Seattle? God, that was 2010. So yeah, four years, four years. And I finally gave up on New York or did New York give up on me? I don't know. Uh, probably a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did you always, get ran out of New York? No, no, no. I, <laughs> like you caught you caught it at works the, on the eighty four. Yeah. You caught it at the right time because yeah. it'll either eat you up or just spit you back out. Right? I, just, I always knew I didn't want to make my like future there. I, it was a great place to be, but like I didn't want to. 
it, it's it's learning that game of like I didn't know any finance bros. I didn't know these guys who were gonna like I always wanted my own place and I didn't know anybody that was gonna help me right. that way. Like nobody wants to tell you how it's fish done. out of water. It wasn't that. It was just like I I I couldn't. I don't want to say I couldn't catch a break. It's not like that. Like I could always find a job as a chef for somebody else. You wanted to work for yourself, but I wanted to work for myself. So, um, and I always wanted to come back to Seattle. Like it's my hometown, and I always wanted to come back here and open a place. And I don't know. I mean, it's it's been four years removed from that, but that's what I'm doing now. And you know, that's why I met you guys. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, like, it's, it's, it's one thing. It's when you come back into a town and be like, I'm going to open a place. It's another thing to be like, okay, I don't even know who the purveyors are nowadays. I don't even know this. Yeah, so but you came back. You came back. You, ground, you, you know, grounded out. You got back in the industry. Yeah. Started reaching out to other people. Yeah. And eventually tell the people what you got going on now. So uh, I have I'm in development of my own restaurant concept called La Coloniale. Um, we are a tapas restaurant, but we are utilizing Filipino flavors as well as Spanish flavors. So La Colonial is uh, kind of a nod to the colonial influences of the Spanish and the Portuguese over the Philippines. Um, so a lot of, you know, you go to your Vietnamese restaurants and and how your, your Vietnamese sandwich of banh mi is, is, is French, really. Mm -hmm. It's um, pate on a French roll with other things on it and pickled vegetables and things. A lot of colonial influences from Western Europe that, well, when they colonized Southeast Asia, they they influenced the food. And a lot of people play in that kind of world of Vietnamese and French because it's so defined. Um, yeah. The Philippines and, and Spanish is not as well defined, but that's kind of going to be our playground. So I feel like you would be able to go into those, though. Like yeah, they yeah. work. Yeah, it totally works. And if you like, I went to the Philippines to see, kind of explore this stuff too. And it's like you have dishes in the Philippines with olives and stuff, like stuffed what? olives and stuff. And you're like, how? Yeah, that how did that, like, that get there? Well, it's funny because Filipinos are so proud of like, like my uncles were like, you know, like you know who came here and brought this or who did that or what that? That was the Spanish. That was the Malaysians. They brought the Chinese brought soy or, or noodles and things like that. Um, everything, every food has a story. Every everything you eat has a story. Yeah. Um, in the Philippines, everything has a story, and it's it's crazy. But it's like there's almost a pride in being like, you know, we were conquered by them, so they brought this and they brought well, that. Well, I mean, it's 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 where you get all your influences from. Exactly. You That's know what, all what it is. makes the people who they are. Right. Right. You know? And there there's like I said, there's a pride in in in, in Filipinos. Um, and it's really funny because, like, my mother and I talk on a different level now because she comes to my pop-ups. I do a pop-up, like, once a month. Um, goes to different places uh, in the Central District or in Pike Place. But um, What's your favorite place to do pop-ups at? I started doing it at the atrium in Pike Place Market, and it's just a really cool space. And it's a full venue, like hood system all that stuff and and it's it's an open kitchen so, so can, all all cooking's on on site on site yeah um the i was doing it at cortona cafe which is my neighborhood like coffee shop because part of my concept is i want to be in my neighborhood i want it to be part of my community where i live feed my neighbors like i think that's important um but so I do one there once in a while. The the next one, I'm doing one on this Friday. Um, it's a Paya like class, so you have to buy tickets to it. Was it at Atrium? At the Atrium, yeah. Uh, Friday the 16th. Of Give February. out your website. Yeah, Facebook, our, all that good our stuff. Our website is lacolonialseattle.com. Um, 
I, I think it's facebook.com <laughs> yeah. for search for La Colonial. Um, yeah, that's, that's what's happening. And, um, in two weeks I'll invite you, um, uh, we're going to do a Kickstarter launch party. So this is going to be, um, I think it's gonna be Tuesday, two weeks from today, which is a Tuesday. Are you shooting video for that? Uh, I shot a video yesterday. All right. I did my full thing in front of the camera. It's funny walking around Seattle with like two guys on like holding body cameras yeah. and like people are walking. Like it's funny how that shit stops traffic. Oh yeah, like, they're like, like who's, who's that? Yeah, he's famous. I'm like, I'm walking my dog. Like we're doing B-roll, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah. So I had a friend of a friend do that yesterday, and um, yeah, that's what's gonna happen. And then so we're gonna do a Kickstarter launch. Uh, it's, I'm gonna make like paellas and have some sangria. Paella. Make have some people like hang out. So Filipino paella. Probably do something. I don't know. We could do some. Do some lechon. I don't know. Uh, get some calamansi and make some some kind of salad or something. I don't know. So the um, dream the dream is brick and mortar, right? Brick and mortar, yeah. Uh, whether it's a build out or it's a purchase, we don't know yet. But it's it's a step by step game. You have to take a step here. You have to take a step there. You have to do this, do that, and then then yeah. once you get it open, you got to keep it open. Yeah. Um, then the real fight begins. Well, it's funny. It's funny because <laughs> you guys were talking about how like you guys you guys don't hire dishwashers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was in Spain in June and we went to Galicia and um, we went to a Michelin star restaurant, which we were like, oh, it's a Michelin star restaurant. My girlfriend never been to one. She's like, what's it like? I'm like. It's just really well done food and really nice environment. Like I was expecting tablecloths and stuff. We go into this place. It's called Casa de Marcelo in Santiago de Compostela in, in, in Galicia. And it's the only it's the only Michelin star in the, in the town. And you go in there and it's like a long communal, like up high too, yeah. like chest high. So you sit on a bar stool. Oh, you're bar stool level. And so the chef is so funny because I was like, where are the servers? And, and oh, yeah, it's Spain. So the first service starts at 830 at night. And so like we get there, we open the door. They don't take reservations for parties of six or more uh, or uh, anything below six. Um, so we're a couple and we just walk in. The guys, this like Spanish, like chef, chef coat, apron, everything is like, oh, hello, uh, English, uh, Spanish. And I'm like, uh, English. For the girlfriend, I can speak Spanish, but uh, <laughs> and so he sits us down and he's like, "Okay, um, uh, for question, um, you choose or I choose?" And we're like, "You choose, you choose. yeah, exactly." If if any chefs like, do you want me to choose your menu? Yeah, you have him choose your menu. That's the best yeah. thing. And he's like, "Okay, you want the wine?" And we're like, "Yeah." yeah. What, do you, what do you recommend with what you choose? He's like, "Oh, this Albarino is beautiful." <laughs> and so, and so you know, anything he asks about allergies and stuff. The cooks were the runners and the servers, and that That's what's system up. fucking works so. Well. I love it. It's what we're gonna do. I love because, it. Uh, let me let me ask you about this because we're all back at house guys. How many? I'm trying to explain this to some people. Where you have that like, you know, you've been in since noon. You know you're gonna be there till midnight. And you're like, I've been sweating over this. I had to do this. And then I had to jump off to do paperwork. And it's three o'clock. I got to get all this stuff ready for plate up. Uh, you know, and, you know, you're if you're a line cook doing that and you're making 15 bucks an hour and you're like, oh, I'm sweating, whatever. 430 rolls around. Some fucking jabron with a good hair comes in. And he's like, what's up, bros? Plays on his phone. I'm hungry. You guys want to yeah. make me something? You guys got family meal yet? <laughs> and, and, and he's there from five till ten. And he walks out with two bills. Right. 
And you're like, man, fuck that guy. On his phone, <laughs> on his phone, on his phone, talking about how he got to go to the day game at the put, at the Mariners. Putting fuck, ringing in food wrong. Oh, exactly. I got, I got screwed a you one. over. Somebody yeah. was like, oh man, I'm so broke, man. And I was like, we just got paid. He's like, yeah, but I had to get the PlayStation Pro, so I got that. And I was like, you <laughs> gotta be fucking kidding me. I was like, but there's, but you guys know, like, there's yeah. that's deli- that that's that kind of like bullshit. line of line of con- that point of contention between. Oh, most definitely. And. Like you were talking, like we were talking about dishwashers. Like it's such a team environment. Like, and, and well, they're definitely. I mean, I fucking hate it. I mean, Johnny was just saying, like, shout out the dudes at Fobach, front of the house. Like, it's not everybody, but it's it's definitely not a team mentality. Right. It's definitely front of the house versus the back of right. the house. Mm-hmm. Um, it is split, and I think there should be some. Um, Melding, yeah, of those lines. Um, I always thought. I remember I was at one restaurant and we had the idea of having somebody. I think that somebody in the back of the house should also be able to go on the floor oh, yeah. and speak to totally. the customers. Totally. They need that kind of training too. Totally. And I think front of the house people uh, should have to work doing prep yeah. or working yeah. or expediting one day of the week. So they kind of peas. Do they understand? Well, it's I mean, June. even at Oddfellows, <laughs> remember some of the servers we used to have them because we couldn't leave yeah. until you know the fava beans were. Yeah. shelled. Yeah. So we would, you know, they'd sit down and help us out. Yeah. So, you know, some places do have a family atmosphere. Other times, it's definitely, there's some lazy people out front and uh, they don't really fucking care about your right. problems. They always say like, if you don't like your job, you want to bitch about your job, it's not my fault you chose to be in a kitchen. Right. Maybe you should choose a different job. And it's like, what, you, you're a fucking server. Yeah. Like, um, I'll, maybe I'll put it at the beginning of this shit. I, I will say though, like a good server is worth the Hard rate. to come by. They're the ones Hard who give you water by. in the middle of the rush. Yeah. Yeah. Without yeah. asking, you just have a cup yep. of water all of a sudden. Yeah. You're like, wait, what? That's right. Yeah. There's 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 some good ones out there and they but they're few and far between because they always are the ones that get pushed up. Right. And then they they leave. So they right. usually they start training the staff. Right. And then they, all of a sudden they're a manager. Yeah, and it's it's a it's funny because like anything else, it's a craft to learn how to be hospitable to people like that. You have to teach someone how to be hospitable. Like <laughs> that's kind of weird to me, but, but just <laughs> especially when it's your job. Yeah. Yeah. When you're getting paid to do it, like put your phone down, like you're here for six hours and you're walking out here with 200 bucks. Like, I've served before. Yeah. Um, I'm nature. super duper good at it. Yeah. I'm super hospitable. I'm super polite. I always find some way to connect with the customer, but it's, it's a mindless, meaningless job to me. Right. I mean, I get no joy out of it. It's nice to talk to customers and feed them and explain dishes to them. But if it was your place, though. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the glory of the open kitchen thing, too, is I worked at a lot of open kitchens where you literally do serve the people right in front of you. And I I mean, at June, baby, I I serve tables all the time. Like if you get a lot of shine on the gram lately. Yeah, I know. <laughs> come there, come there. Me and the in the doula. Um, but yeah, like if if I can't get hands, you know, I know all the tables in the restaurant. You right. know, just fucking slide get up out there, hands. and 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 then it makes it Catch even more hands. of an experience because then the the guest. Oh, the chef she, came yeah, out. Yeah, he like, gave oh, us the food. He told us that the oysters were picked. Today. Well, yeah, and you know that the yeah. servers aren't explaining the dish no. the way that they should when they right. go to the table because well, so. they have they have no incentive. Like, nope. imagine if you were if you work in a station and it was like. You know that lull before, like after, like just between happy hour and your kickoff, you know, and and you have to go run a couple things, and and someone has a question, like that whole thing of like, well, let me go ask the kitchen, 
You, you should, should know. know. <laughs> you should fucking know. Don't we have meetings about this every day? That's what lineup is. Yeah. You should know that. Like, you shouldn't have to ask the, the kitchen anything. You should have to uh, Yeah. Anyway, um, I mean, I that whole experience of that restaurant at Casa de Marcelo, which if you ever get a chance to go, it's amazing. I'm excited to see um, what you uh, what you get going on here. Yeah, make I, sure to invite us for, to oh, that. Oh, yeah. You guys are at Friends and Family, man. Friends and Family. Woo! I'll, I'll invite you. I mean, it's Tuesday night in two weeks, so I'll invite you to, to the... You we'll, guys, we'll get put a report back on it. Yeah, it's gonna be great. <laughs> You're like, oh man, that place is garbage. <laughs> Hot garbage. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> all right, all right. That's gonna bring us to man, the end of episode hour, 95 of Grill. How long steak, Mister? Man, we've been going hour nine. Oh, yeah. It was five. It was not one. I'm sorry, five. I took your time. Oh, it's all uh, good. It's all I think good. I owe you fifteen dollars an hour. No. as part. You it's, just have to apologize to my girlfriend, but that's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out the baby. It's about the baby. All about you have the children. Kid? You have I have a kid. A kid. Man, I'm, I'm a six month that old. Game. Oh, it's good. It's fun. I'm practicing. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, practice is the practicing. fun part. It that's is. the fun part. Yeah. All right, Joe. Do you want to give them any of your social media stuff? An email address? Anything like that? Contact um, you. Yard Colonial Seattle at gmail.com. L A C O L O N I A L Seattle at gmail.com. Um, the website is lacolonialseattle.com. Um, you can find any uh, social media stuff there too. It's great. Instagram. Uh, oh, my Instagram is Jolo Cunado. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So uh, I like if if you guys are uh, foodie fans or adventurers, uh, his uh, his Instagram is pretty good. Wait, doesn't that yeah. mean brother in law? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally does. Uh, I am a brother in law twice. Um, but yeah, you know, and part of like our Kickstarter thing was like trying to what, what are we coming up with that we can reach out and like do fun stuff with people that I can like sell on the for the Kickstarter. And one of them is uh, I'll, I'm going to take people out foraging for mushrooms. If you ever done it, that's it's cool. a fun that's thing. Lit. All right. Uh, you can catch us on the social medias at uh, Grill How Long Steak Mister uh, at Facebook. On Facebook. What's that, Graham? Um, at Grill How Long Steak Mister. What's that, Twitter? Um, at How Long Steak Mister. What's your Instagram? My Instagram, sir, is Johnny Toonami. Johnny Toonami. You can catch me on Instagram at Bobby Stills. Uh, shout out to everybody that's been adding me, man. I'm getting all these cooks from all over More the like place. More like Booby Stills. Can I just say that I just noticed Johnny's wearing shorts? Yeah, it was thirty degrees play. out today. Chicken, chicken legs, <laughs> chicken legs. Man, I had frost on my on my porch this morning. Uh, yeah, I I I, my car had to work. I thought he was gonna minutes. say frost on my dick. <laughs> on my dick. I don't know why. Tip on my dick. Like yeah. frost on my dick. That's not frost, dude. That's frosting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to thank Joe very much. Nice having yes, yes, up with yes, you. Thank you. We will have you back. There was some interesting stuff we were talking about earlier before we started recording the show. We didn't get the chance to get to the ingredient of the week, uh, which I didn't even. I forgot about. I didn't think But Joe was talking. So once you get your uh, restaurant up and running, I'll follow uh, up. Yeah. we'll have you come back on the show. Uh, any questions, comments, or show topics you'd like to hear us discuss, you can email us at grillhowlongsteakmister at gmail.com. Jamil. Uh, and uh, we'll let Joe have the last word. What you got, Joe? Uh, you had me at Ingredient of the Week, and I don't know. I was going to say aubergine. I don't know why. <laughs> aubergine next uh, time, guys. Aubergine. Aubergine. Bye. Grill. How long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.